0: Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who, uh, you know, some days I'm not sure if I'm like a, like a butterfly, like some days I'm not sure if I'm uh, stuck in it, like a, I'm not even sure my metaphors, I was trying to think of one for butterflies, but it was also sleepy, and then the word pupa popped in my head. And then I said, I don't know if listeners want to hear like Chris, like chrysalis is also a a metaphor. So I'm like, I don't know. It's time for a podcaster who's tangled up in metaphors, so tangled up in metaphors. He can't extract a metaphor from the tank at all. And if you're confused, that means you're in the right place because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it as a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts on your mind, like things you're thinking about from the past, the present, or the future. So, thoughts, you know, thinking thoughts. I've always been thinking thoughts. Uh, holy cow. Thinking thoughts is something to stop by aughts, uh, but all through the aughts and in every other decade. So, thoughts, it could be feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally related to that thinking or related to something else. It could be physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine you know, you're anticipating something or you're, you know, not sleeping where you are or somebody's, you know, away or you got something coming up. That is one of the biggest, I don't know how often I talk about it, man, anticipation and me, me me and anticipation just don't go well together. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. But whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'd like to uh, take your mind off of it and keep you company so you could fall asleep. And what I propose to do, I got this safe place set aside here that I could also bundle up and send over to you. Oh, boy, could I. Yeah, send it across the deep, dark night uh, with uh, lulling, so- soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. I send my voice across the deep, dark night, but the the, the safe place, my voice is the, uh, I don't know what McLuhan would say. Is it the medium or the message? Uh, McLuhan would say your vo- your medium for sure not the medium there's my Marshall McLuhan my one Marshall McLuhan burn it's not a joke cuz that's what he'd say he'd say uh, "Your medium is your message like medium warm medium sensible say thanks marshall uh you really got you really you really accurately portrayed me you say well medium is your message I never knew how, I don't think we've stumbled upon that one. I mean, we've stumbled upon Marshall McLuhan before, I think. In, you know, times I've been flummoxed by all those things. Uh, But I never thought of that. That's what Marshall McLuhan, you say, uh, I'll take uh, things Marshall McLuhan would say about Sleep With Me podcast for 500. uh, But it doesn't fit on the board. And they'd say, medium is the message. Medium is it, medium's how I'd rate it. Uh, and I'd say, that's what we're going for. By, um, do you, here's, a, here's a question. Just another one. There was a band called the Marshall Tucker Band. I wonder if Marshall McLuhan was... Here, another question that came out of that one. Was Marshall McLuhan ever listened to Marshall Tucker Band or, like, appeared together? That's one question and my answer my thought is like probably not I would think they ran in different circles. But here's another question unrelated to that uh, but really have have they been marshals in in parades have they been marshals in parades together how many parades have they marshaled uh, today's marshal marshal McLuhan. I mean it could be anybody today's marshal marshal tucker band marshaling the parade um, but they're being, but technically they're not marsh because they're on a flatbed. So the front of the flatbed truck is technically the marshal. Also, I just realized my brain just sent me a hot, a hot text. that said the marshal's not necessarily the first person in the parade from our parade experience. Uh, usually the marshal's somewhere in the middle or they're sitting in like the grandstand nodding. I'd say, well, that probably makes it more likely that Marshall or the Marshall Tucker band. Is is there a Marshall Tucker? That's a whole nother question. Questions about Marshalls. Uh, That could be another category because that first category was too long anyway. So I was going to talk about how anticipation keeps me up, but I'm trying to introduce a sleep podcast. So if you're new I'm going to send my voice across a deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Called by one Marshall McLuhan, media a message that comes by me comes in medium. Uh, me, yeah, didn't, I couldn't get it out because I couldn't think of a sentence that had any sensibility there. Uh, once imagine an imaginary version of Marshall McLuhan who was marshaling. Once upon a time, Marshall McLuhan. And the Marshall Tucker Band were marshaling a parade of marshmallows. Uh, why? I don't because I don't know. Just popping. In, that's what's happening in my brain right now. Okay, but I'm gonna some. I have creaky dulcet tones. That's why my message is medium, because you say, "Well, you're yeah." It's not exactly sleepy, but it's not exactly soothing either. But it's medium. It's not bad. Like my nana says, I'm not. I'm not a bad boy. I'm a not bad. I'm the not bad boy. And uh, so I'm send semi voice. Oh, okay. so I covered that. Creaky doll stones of those manders. I just did those. I went off topic. So this podcast just isn't for everybody. It's very different. You've already determined that on your own. You've borne witness to stuff I never even thought was in my brain. I mean, there must have been a clog in there somewhere in the M's uh, that I finally showed the M-A words from back when I took phonics because those were when any of those pop culture references may have been applicable. Though someone taking phonics, which was what they called your letters or whatever when I was a kid, I don't think Marshall McLuhan or Marshall Tucker Band was even, like, they they were, I I don't know. So, Okay, so, yeah, this podcast doesn't work for everybody, but it does take two or three tries to get used to. I'll try to explain all that, but I just want to tell you that up front, because if you're doubtful or ambivalent or skeptical or, holy, you know, great marshal in the sky, if you're a parade fan or a fan of any of these marshals or many other marshals whose names I can't think of right now, I think someone that may have listened to the podcast played a famous, like a character, a fictional marshall. But so, um, like, oh, if you're skeptical or doubtful, you, you, that makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you be? If you tried a bunch of stuff to get to to help you get to sleep, and then somebody said, "Try this bedtime story podcast," and you say, uh, you, "Like tomorrow, you could do this. Just come back again." You say, I, "I tried to listen to it, and the guy was talking about, I don't even know what he was talking about. Did never? It never quite made any sense. That's a very normal." Probably the majority of people reaction to the show when they first listen, because if it isn't this level of gobbledygook, if I'm not stuck in Marshalls and, you know, next time I'll be stuck in the either ends or I might just skip, you know, and just say, suddenly he's talking about Phineas is, uh, two episodes later. And, uh, no, don't get me started. Please brain. We got to get through this intro. Let's just stick to Marsh. Let's just get the hopefully the marshmallow slows us down. But so give the episodes a few try, give the show a few tries just to see if it works for you because it is very different. Now, some of the stuff that's different I'll cover, but first I want to talk about what's important is you. The reason I make the show is twofold one, I know how it feels in the deep dark night, particularly lately. It's been a few weeks before where I've had back-to-back solid nights of sleep. I've been getting one night of, you know, it's just, I know how it feels in the deep, dark night is what I'm saying. I know that it feels like, uh, that doesn't feel good. And dreading bedtime or not knowing if you're going to sleep good, it can be stressful. And it can come with a lot of other feelings. And if I can help with that, it would be my honor because I know how it feels. And I know what it's like to dread bedtime. I don't want that for you. But I also believe you deserve a good night's sleep. And you deserve a place you can rest and get comfortable and drift off. You deserve that. Uh, And I hope I can provide that for you. Even if I can't, I have a website, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. You could check out his other sleep podcasts on there. But the thing is, if you get the sleep you need, like you have a nice bedtime routine, you can start to look forward to bedtime, your life's more manageable makes the world we live in a better place because your life is better. That means you're better. And it means we get more, you know, our, our world's more fuller because your world's more fuller. So that is important. And you are important, you know, despite the, you know, the, the feelings we get that build up day after day after day. You're important and your sleep's important. I believe that. And if even if you don't, I do. So it's important to me. So that's why I make the show, but it is, but 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 catch uh, is it's different, and what's different about it? So this is a podcast you don't really listen to; you just kind of barely listen. As we said with that other example, he say, "Life, well, I don't know." He was talking about marshals, and then I woke up, uh, and he didn't even get through the marshals that meant the most to me. But uh, I thought maybe he would when he said an ode to the marshals that meant meant the most to me. But then he changed subjects again. But yeah, so I didn't. I wasn't. I was kind of listening to him, but I wasn't. I didn't need to listen. It was like he was talking. He didn't care if I listened or not. But I could have listened, but I didn't feel the need to. So I listened until I didn't know I was not listening anymore. So just kind of a little bit out of focus. So that's part of it. This is also. It doesn't put you to sleep. This is a podcast to keep you company. In the deep, dark night while you fall asleep, I'm to, here to distract you and take your mind off stuff, to be your friend telling you a story. In the deep, dark night, your Borbae, your Borcas, your Borsib, your Borbera, your Borbestie, what did I say, you're Boer, Boer Bay, you're Nabor, you're Boer, your borbe your Naboor, your Borber, whatever it is, I'm here to be your friend uh, and just keep you company. But a kind of friendship where you don't have to reciprocate, you just listen and fall asleep. Uh structure of the show is very different. show starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I say something smarmy or silly or, or goofy or weird. So you say, okay, I feel seen and welcomed. And I get the tone of the show is a little bit different. So that's uh, the opening. Then there's support for the show because I want it to be free and come out twice a week. And the sponsors and the people that support the sponsors and the people that support the podcast are how we do that. Then there's support for listeners who are having a tough time. Then there's support for communities around the show or communities that are important to me, like, uh, that, you know, impact us all. And then, so that's like six, eight minutes of the show. Then there's the intro, which we're already, I don't know, three quarters of the way through. The intro is about 12 to 20 minutes long of me trying to explain what the podcast is and then getting distracted. And going off topic and getting mixed up. And, and a lot of people say, well, isn't that part of the advertising or something? They say, no, this, this, the intro is a show within a show. For new listeners, it, it presents what the podcast is in a new way every single time. And it gives you an idea what to expect. But for regular listeners, it's part of the routine. It's familiar but different every time. So it's like, okay. This is what I look forward to, a variety of scoots being mixed up about words and stuff. And I know it's going to follow somewhat of a structure, so I can count on it being there. And I know for most listeners, it's when they're winding down or getting ready for bed or getting in bed and getting comfortable. While you could skip the intro or you could um, fall asleep during the intro. For most people, it's where the volume slowly gets turned down metaphorically, and you you know you're you're getting ready, you're flying in, and you're landing at bedtime. So that's the intro. That's what it's there for uh, is to kind of slowly ease you into bed. Because for me, even though I've been having trouble sleeping, my bedtime routine is what kind of sets me up most of the time for success to get a good night's sleep. So that's um. So that's, uh, oh, the intro. Then there's going to be business, like sponsors or support stuff between the intro and the story. And then it'll be our story. So it'll be a Doctor Who episode where I'll be talking about a Doctor Who episode. Not a lot of Doctor Who and not a lot of the doctor in this episode, but a really good episode nonetheless. And uh, even some hand-holding without the doctor involved, which I liked. It had a little, like, a little love story in there. And so I enjoyed it. Uh, but you'll enjoy it, too, whether you know Doctor Who or not. Uh, it'll be just a me, just be like a, me trying to read off my notes and say, okay. Then, the, you know, they went there. Then they looked at this. Then there was a poster on the wall. The poster had uh, aquamarine undertones. And uh, this guy, I liked like the way, you know, I like the cut of, you know, I don't know. And uh, yeah, so like so that would be that was that would be my coverage for forty minutes or forty five minutes, and then there's the thank yous at the end. And I guess that's really it. That's why I make the shows to help, uh, and just give it a few tries, see how it goes. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have said, "Took two or three tries to get used to the show." Now I listen every single night. I've been seeing people that've been posting that they've been listening eight years to this podcast, eight years. On a nightly basis. Uh, but that's not the case for everybody. Some people listen during different seasons in their lives. Like maybe they're a student and they're listening because they're anticipating a test. Uh, then they stop listening for a while and they listen during their first job. Then they might come back again and listen during their first child. And, you know, there might be other, you know, in, intense life events. And then other people just listen on a regular basis or some people just take breaks. You just got to see how it goes. But I'm more here to be your friend and to keep you company so that you can fall asleep to me than to just put you to sleep in a straightforward way. I'm here to be a silly goofball. And I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you checking the show out. Uh, and I really yearn and nice I strive. I work really hard. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. And here's a couple of ways we're able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. Scoots here, and this is our kind of mid-season. Um, what do you call it? Uh, where, uh, like, an episode of Doctor Who? Not for. I mean, it's late season, I guess. But it's where um, I got to turn down the volume on my device here. But it's uh, one of the ones you know where where there's like one of some of my favorite episodes. I mean, I guess you'd say like. A, I mean. Uh, Fame, fame, favorite might be, you know, remember the ELO episode where the story does not necessarily turn around the doctor or Martha. And this one has a little uh, Hitchcockian uh, style to it, too. It's the episode season three, episode 10, Blink. And it it really has uh, some great performances. Not one to miss out on, especially, and oh, it also feels a little bit like X-Files. And what year did this come out? 2007. I think, that was, uh, it was so maybe it was like 10 years after X-Files. But really good episode. It opens, Oh, uh, well, now it's on the end of the episode here. So I'm heading back to the beginning. Let's get those closed captions going, please. Scoots. No problem, Scoots, I got you. Night garden rain leaves. Oh, should we do it that way? Okay. Uh, wet leaves, tense music, keep out, moonlight mansion, young woman, pictures of lights. No, those are called chandeliers. Uh, wallpaper, some word I can't read, five light of uh Wallpaper something. Be B- Baware I changed that word for you. She's wearing a nice scarf. uh The Weeping Angel and Duck. Be Weeping Angel and Duck. Uh, really Duck. Sally Sparrow Duck. Uh, now. And there's a projectile here, which I had to know. Is this the only projectile? And, uh... Where did the projectile come from? Maybe a slight continuity thing, but, you know, can't, only I could quibble. And But it was like, couldn't set this whole thing up uh, without it. And it was a really good open-open for the episode. Really created a lot of layers of information that would come to light later and intrigue. And let us know if the doctor would be involved somewhat. So for people that were like, "Where's the doctor? Where's uh, Martha?" That's that was my first question. Uh, but uh, Angel with every corned every with covered eyes. Uh, I spelled eyes e v e y. The doctor nineteen six nineteen sixty nine. Is that what it says? Open nineteen forty seven. Um. Got some dialogue coming up here I want to read, but, uh, someone upstairs versus Kathy doctor on TV. Don't blink. Good luck, uh, on lots of TVs. Kathy answers her flip phone. Come down. It's 1am. I'm not going out. Uh, no, come down. I'm in your kitchen. Screens, front room. My brother, Larry, who is no no pants. No, there's a little comedy sequence. Uh. With a little bit, this has a slight rom- rom-com to it. Uh, and I really started, like, at first I wasn't, like, you really start to root for Larry. I mean, really, it shows a subtly, so, how do you say that word? I don't know, There's really good, I really liked, uh, even though maybe you're right, there wasn't quite a romance, like, uh, they had more of a shared experience. But I liked a couple of the notes at the beginning and the end about romance. Maybe that's just me. Back to the house. Like a good download. Like a green on DL. I don't know what that is. Uh, Bit ITV. Oh, like G and DK. They're working together. Flickus. That doesn't make any sense either. The cheddar. The something. The chocolate. The something. Angel out back. Weeping angel. It moved. What? Doorbell. Friend is nervous. Covers, is it a people? She's covering something that I'm not familiar with because I don't live in England, in especially in an old manner. Work dude. Work dude? Serious at door in suit. Uh, pulls a letter out. Uh, exact date, exact time. Find watches. He, he wants confusion. No he wants confirmation. He needs an ID. Friend goes off Friend goes off. Angel has moved, checks her ID. Angel getting closer. Here you go, long story. Catherine Wainwright Nightingale formerly Nightingale What? If, Kathy? Is this a jest? Is this a joke? Uh very funny, Kathy. Then Kathy Oh, there's a bump or a banging noise. And then we see Kathy's in a field with cows. And then then we're back with uh, Sally and the suited dude. He was even good. Really good casting. He says, please take this letter. Kathy meets a farm boy. She's in a hall. The farm boy, well, okay, no, no. I'm projecting. He's sitting on a a stone wall in the middle of fields. So, So I called him a farm boy. So I apologize. He's eating an apple. Promise uh, to my grandmother. Uh, the whole times uh, nineteen twenty. Cass- but Cassie's able to roll with it. Talk about res- when when you look up the dictionary. Cassie uh, Nightingale Wayne. Cassie Night Wainwright Nightingale should be in there because she rolls with it. Uh, Sally. Then Sally opens the letter purchases the slow but quick burn okay so then there's pictures there's like a kind of slow reveal but it's not really slow it's like a quick like a uh, that uh you could figure it out right she's getting kathy's traveled into the past somehow via via angel touch we can uh, angel bump and she sent a letter from the past to sally which was already our first clue with the wallpaper Needy after you, sick, throws it down, looking for Kathy. Angel at the top of the stairs, room full of stone angels. Mystery music in a key, in one angel's stone hand on a twine. A key we recognize. Eyes covered, dude in a suit, uh, plods. What is could not, uh, eyes covered and not, and not something, Dude in a suit applauds, uh, exits, I think he runs off, Uh, chase music, wind in hair and Sally's hair, angels in windows, then she's at cappuccino with an exclamation point, a a cafe, tears as she reads the letter again, Ben, first person, I'm Ben, that's the farm boy, or he could be a shepherd, or he could have just been a guy eating an apple on a stone wall in Hull, First person I met ends up, uh, there's a flashback, 2007 to 1920, new life. Then Sally goes to visit her resting place in London, I guess, not in Hall. Or no, they're not in London either. They're in, uh, I don't know. But so she goes there, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, because she said, is this London? Uh, 1902 to 1980-something. Angel. Watch, tell Lawrence, uh, bond, okay, and then we'll, we'll, let's roll it and then we'll come back. Okay, so we got the uh, the wet leaves and Sally's on an adventure. She's wearing that scarf, it uh, looks like it's a handmade scarf. Uh, she's checking moonlight, moonlight, rain, leaves, wind. She approaches this manor. So she's an adventurer. That's all we need to know. That's all you need to know. Sally, courageous and on an adventure. Uh, not the first person on this adventure, uh, but she goes into this. She's, she likes taking pictures of chandeliers, possibly. I mean, she could have started the chandelier cast, uh, but I mean, she, her life ended up being a lot more interesting than that. Now she's taking more pictures and looking around. There's a fireplace with things in it. Then there's a, a letter B behind a piece of peeled wallpaper. She peels the wallpaper off. A Uh And then she says, what? Uh, so she peels more. And uh, it comes right off. Uh, the weeping angel. I really like this episode. I watched it a couple times. Uh, oh, watch, you know, watch out for real. Or really, duck. Uh, and then it says her name, so we get the thing, Sally Sparrow. And now she's looking more and more kind of breathless, like, what the heck? A duck, now. Then a projectile comes, water balloon. Don't worry, just a water balloon. I don't know where the water balloon came from. I guess we could assume. It, oh, there's a uh, some sort of, there's a bunny, glass bunny rabbit. Uh. Now Sally goes back, looks around. Who threw a water balloon at me? She's got a, the only thing she sees is a weeping angel with wings, a statue, not a real weeping angel. Except, and then it says, the doctor, 1969. Sally's breath really gets, goes away. But I guess she would already be like, This something up with this, right? Uh no dialogue in that scene. Now she goes up the stairs, she's in her friend's house, Kathy's house. Uh then she can hear the doctor's videos running. Don't you know, don't blink is the thing. Don't blink. Uh fast, faster than you can believe. Don't turn your back, don't blink. This also was on the preview. Doctor's very serious. Good luck. Video stops there, but there's a bunch of videos. I guess 17. One has Martha and the doctor in a two-shot. All of them are paused on different things with the doctor, but Sally doesn't know anything. Then she calls Cassie. Cassie's cell phone rings. Cassie's in her PJs. She's like, what in the heck? Uh, She answers the phone. She's like, I'm making coffee. Come downstairs. Sally, it's one in the morning. We're not going out. She so was like, I realize that I need somebody to talk to. I don't know if it's the same night they go back to the other place. But she says, by the way, my brother, have you ran into my brother Larry? He tends to walk around without uh, pants on. I mean, to be honest. And uh, so she's Larry and he's like, uh, he's got a bit of scoots in him. Uh, says, hey, he's blurry eyed pants. And, and she goes, no. Now, Cassie's mad at her brother. She says, put on some pants. Come on. I mean, seriously, you live with your sister. <laughs> you wear pants all the time. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, one thing if you live on your own, but uh, she goes, sorry about that. Uh, and she goes, what's going on, Sally? Something seems to be up with you. And Sally's like, uh, so then they go back. During the day, it should be noted. Girl investigators, you and I. Sp- sparrow and nightingale. Another call like a big call back uh, in a different way. It works, but it's more ITV than BBC. But they're having fun. They go into the manor house again. Uh but it's, it's, oh Sally kinda does well, yeah, like looking at old stuff, that's why. it Makes me sad. Uh but sad is happy for deep people. Is that what that says? Uh Sally's looking again at the note left by the doctor for her. There's wind. She looks back at the angel. Is it in the same spot? Weeping angel. What up with that? Kathy says, I don't like that thing. Oh, then Sally does note that it's moved from where it was. I'm sure of it. Last time it was closer. It got closer to the house somehow. Kathy's like, get over it, girl and Sally's like oh boy what is going on with me and how can my name be written on the wall under uh underneath the wallpaper right then the door then the doorbell rings so really good who why would somebody be here it's a bell it works uh Kathy doesn't like it i don't know what she's holding is it over the bell or maybe oh i guess it's the thing you would use to call you would use to call to the front door like that you would talk through. Maybe not. No, it's some sort of light switch. I don't know what it is. If you've seen this episode and you know what Kathy's holding her hand over, let me know. And it's this uh, kind of reddish-haired young man in a suit, Sally Sparrow. How'd you know I was here? I was told to be here this time. This date, exact moment. Good thing uh, Kathy's got good memory. I would have sent somebody at the wrong time, wrong I think it was like uh no, I'm pretty good at time actually. I'm not good at relaying time though, so I'd I would know the right time and date, but uh so she pulls out her driving license, Kathy's watching, but then there's some noises that get her attention. And she's looking around. Has the angel moved yet again? The angel's in some sort of greenhouse uh, that's uh or back uh garden. Oh, now we see the angel definitely has removed its hands from its eyes. We go back to the letter. Yeah, I had to make sure you were who you said you were. Hard to tell. With the are you really, Cassie? And we see the angels getting or, or Sally angels getting closer to Kathy. So now it's like, okay, something's definitely up. We see Sally Sparrow is written. Cassie's watching still. Long story. Give me a name. What do you got my letter? What are you doing here? Catherine Wainwright. Now we see the angels in the same room as Cassie. And uh, she was Cassie Nightingale once upon a time. Then we hear the bump. Uh, Sally looks. Cassie Kathy? Kathy, yeah. That's my, my grandmother's name. She's the one who told me to bring this. Catherine Costello Nightingale. This a joke? Not a joke. Uh, I'm in a suit. Like a pin right, so you know, a nice suit. Uh, she goes looking for Kathy. There's still an angel out back. Kathy gets up uh, in a field. The only thing I realize is she time traveled and clothes from the future. And I don't know if she has her cell phone on her. But those are questions, you know, not for this. Come on, Scoots. Uh, and I say, well, it's just stuff I think about. Uh, and we see the farm boy. Or the boy eating an apple. He does look like a. He's dressed. Uh, I don't know. He could be a newsy. I mean, that's what he looks like, dressed. Dressed wise, a newsy, and he has a newspaper. <laughs> he's not delivering him though. So she, she's. That's where she's. You're in a hall. This kid says, "I made a promise to my grandmother." Oh, that's when it's revealed to give you this letter. That's when we realize that you know they're doing it in parallel. Old Times, December 5th, 1920. Kathy says, what in the hey, hey, hey? Your grandmother, yeah, 20 years ago she passed. Uh, What? uh?" And then she opens the letter, sees pictures, looks just like her friend, except uh, different ages, right? They could be identical twins, your grandmother and Kathy. Still hasn't made the connection. Kathy has, so she's storming off from the far, from the newsy. My dear Sally Sparrow, the letter says, my grandson did as he promised. And as you read these words, it have been mere minutes since we spoke. For me, for you, for me, it's 60 years. Uh, wild, huh? Third sort of the photographs is of my children. Youngest is Sally. I named her after you, of course. And you know, there's even a picture of her as a grandmother. Kathy's like, or Sally's like, this is not cool, dude. She throws it down, goes looking for Kathy. Nice joke. It's not funny. Also, it's December fifth. She goes upstairs. No sign of uh, uh, Kathy, but there's an angel at the top of the stairs. A stone angel at the top of the stairs in the house. Uh, There's two of them, and. I get that, oh, that's when she finds me. There's three. Yeah, there's three, and that's when she finds the key. Which I don't know. The a- angels may be up to something more. I don't know if the. Yeah, I guess. Uh, how did they get the key? Oh, I guess when the what happened. to the, That might be in another episode or something. But uh they probably need someone as smart as uh, Sally Sparrow. I don't know if they're up to that. uh Or if they're like Sally just gets lucky, but, uh, they're giving her the clues she needs, but they also need it too. In some sense, or they want it. They don't need it. Uh, maybe, I mean, they could like, uh, we'll, we'll see. So Sally's got it. Wait, hang on. The guy in the suit runs off. Uh, Sally runs downstairs, takes the letter. He's put it back together. She's gone. She's like, what in the, what in the, she looks, the wind is in her hair. Oh yeah. Heroin, heroin level hair. The angels are watching. And I wonder how they, like in transport though, you'd say it's a, why is that angel in the field? Like, uh, so then she's at cappuccino with an exclamation point with two C's too, big C and then cappuccino, then an exclamation point. As long as you read this, don't feel sorry. I had a good full life. Uh, this is a letter. Loved a good man. Loved well in return. And you'd have liked Ben. He's a nice guy. He's a newsie. He was in like a newsy. That's what I. That's when I. You know. You know. I loved newsy. The newsy. The West End. You know. And then we get a flashback of him following her. Just a brief one. Big Sky. Still eating an apple. So you know he's good. Sally goes to visit her resting place, uh, 1902. new life is exactly what I wanted. Uh, And uh, she goes, oh, you told me you were 18. I don't know how old they're supposed to be, like in their 20s or 30s? I don't think so. Maybe, I don't know. Another angel is watching. There's also like an underlying thing with this episode. I'll just tell you, oh, wait, now we're at the a dvd store so i gotta pause it but there is this underlying thing with the episode Now i don't know if it's controversial at the time trust no statues like if you watch this whole episode to the very end it uh establishes that possibly no statues are trustworthy uh so just you know i wouldn't hold that it's fiction right so it's just a fictional proposition that no statues, not just the angel statues that are connected, the four that are connected in this episode, but the Hitchcockian thing. Just like with Hitchcock and Birds, uh you see, could you trust any of these beings? Uh, maybe you shouldn't. But again, so just fictions. So don't worry about it. Uh, it's, you know, getting on those archetypal things. Okay, so Cornel- oh P- people, Hull. Okay, so we're here. Where are we here? Kathy Angel. Okay, Bantos, B- Bantos DVD store. A lot of uh, Easter eggs in this uh, episode. Probably way more than I can even imagine. Uh, but some small ones that I did catch. Uh, Bantos DVD store. There's a guy working there. Very similar you know he's paying he's watching something uh and he's not paying attention she's a customer he said you know he says hold on hold on i'm watching the scene for the 500th time and this is something we've lost as a culture you know dvd stores uh for the most part there's still a few left uh that are like this one where you could get people that are really into it uh Then we meet uh, Lawrence Nightingale again. He's got a rubber ducky in his office. Doctor's there. Oh, hello. Doctor's on a DVD. Uh, Larry comes in, or Lawrence. He's eating chips or candy. We've met before. Well, hold on. You'll figure it out. There it is. Uh, I'm the one that saw you naked. Message from your sister. She's gone on a work trip, but she loves you. There's good comedy there. Uh, Who is this guy on the TV? Bit absurd or something, but uh you know what Easter eggs are. D- he's Doctor's talking about. Don't blink again. Oh, like a DVD Easter egg. It's like a extra, kind of complicated. It's weird. It's on only 17 DVDs, uh, hidden, and only these 17 movies. Uh, random uh, rewards half a convo. Like he's like he, this, So it's the Doctor and the Doctor Martha having half a conversation. You and Inherit called up front. Uh, Sam, this is on listener plate. Oh, so we see this. Oh, so I saw this uh, timey-wimey stuff. Uh, So yesterday, was it yesterday or Saturday? Good question. I think it was, where was I going yesterday then? If I was going where I think I was going, maybe it was Saturday. But at some point this weekend I saw someone had a license plate and it had this their license plate holder said this timey wimey stuff and something else. Uh so that was weird for me. Uh you uh, you year after year, me yelling at doctor, lots listed DVDs, go to why don't you go to the uh, like uh, the authority figures for help? Uh, no one ever does it. The guy is saying that to the movie, but Sally takes that as advice. And she heads out, uh, to the authority figure's office to find a detective, right? Uh, uh, go in there, big be big old, oh, big old house, uh, oh, Wester Drumlins. And the guy goes, Wester Drumlins, what, uh, prove angels watch. So this is the Hitchcockian, like, cause she's, they say, wait a second, we got a detective looking into that. And she goes, then she looks out, she sees these angels watching her, and then they zoom on her eyes and the angels aren't even there. Blink, she blinks and they're gone. Uh, Hitchcock, g- 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 Govell, Gravel out first. Uh, detective, uh, letter. But this guy, he's like, I got to go someplace to go. And then he meets Sally. He's a bit of a romancer. I don't know if romance is the right word. Uh, he goes, "I'm late for that thing." But then he says, "Well, hello, Sally Sparrow. Uh I'd like to give you my attention." But also, it's kind of weird because he has this gigantic mystery. He's more interested in Sally Sparrow than the mystery. Uh he goes, "We got two years worth of cars that are left at the uh, at Wester Drumlins." Uh in this big blue box, it's an old-fashioned police box, but it's not right because the windows are the wrong size. It's a simple Yale lock, but we can't get it open. Uh, and he has a, he goes, he got, she, she says, yeah, what do you think it is? He goes, well, you're missing the big, big question. Would you go out with me? And she goes, now, Detective Inspector Sparrow Patch? Oh, I think he has a Sparrow Patch on his thing. And then she goes, well, I want to figure out this invest. He goes, she goes, I'll just give you my phone number only. But then she like leaves and she goes, you could call me maybe. I think something like that. Sally Sparrow Stitches or something. I forgot his last name. And then outside the box, he walks, he looks up close, his eyes blank. Uh, Sally's in the rain. She looks at the key. And that was the clue. The lock. Uh, she goes back to the garage, and the box is gone. So let's see. So let's run through a little bit here. Okay. So we got the DVD store. Sally, uh, just tell him I love him. I think this is the dialogue for. Oh no, that's the sister. New, secondhand, and rare. Bonto's DVD store. And Sally goes in. Angel smiled. There's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, a lot to look at here. And the guy's like, uh, sorry, I'm watching. She goes, I'm looking for Lawrence Nightingale. In back, uh, I'm watching a movie. Okay. Norton, uh, Antis, interesting lights, water jug, uh, posters, painted plates, Plates. hello. A uh, lot of set prep. And then the doctor and Martha froze in their talk. And Martha, sorry. Uh. Quite possibly, the doctor says, uh, afraid so. Lawrence comes out. Oh, hello. Can I help you? Uh, doctor says, 38. Uh, he tries to pause the DVD. Sally's like, what is this? Uh, Palm Beach something inflatable. Hang on, we've met, haven't we? She goes, it'll come to you. He thinks about it and he goes, oh, boy. He covers himself up. She laughs. uh, Sorry. Message from your sister. She went away for work, which isn't the actual message, but uh, Sally tries to soften it the best she can, and she had to go away. I mean, I guess it all makes sense to Lawrence later, so it's like, uh, okay. And she loves you. That's weird. Why would she say that? Uh, So then there's some comedy based on that. Good writing. I liked it. She sort of mentioned it, uh, and, uh, is she ill? No, no, no. My ill? No. Is it a trick? No. She loves you. Please, like, uh, Dennis the doctor says, time is not what you think it is. Who is this guy? Sorry. Pause keeps on, you know, keeps coming off pause. Was, yeah, but you were watching it at Kathy's house last night. Same guy on multiple screens and something about blinking. Yeah, the blinking blinking bit's great. Uh, Checking to see if they're the same, these Easter eggs. uh, There's something hidden on a DVD. Like a DVD extra, kind of. uh, You know, sometimes they put these hidden things on there. Got to go looking for them. Bunch of clues on the menu screen. Complicated. Doctor says, sorry. Pauses it again. 17 different DVDs. This is on totally unrelated but all he's on all of them only those ones the publishers don't even know about it's a secret uh tried to contact them worked on the internet even to get it get to the bottom of it and uh, just those 17 i mean what's up with that uh random remarks and like hearing half a conversation me and the guys are always trying to work it out uh she goes oh you mean the internet your internet friends he goes yeah what do you mean uh, she's still like very lighthearted about it even though and then they call him up front uh, for a customer and they this is when time is a st- people assume time's project you know linear but it's not from a non it's just a big ball of wibbly wobbly timey-wimey stuff that's what the thing said big ball of wibbly wobbly timey and she goes yeah it started out well Got away from me. Seems like the doctor sponsored her the first time. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, that's enough. Uh, I've had enough. Uh, I've had a long day. Now, Lawrence comes back with the list of DVDs. Also, this thing, Canard, uh, White Star Vacations or something to London, which we'll see again later. Sticker on his uh, green envelope. Yeah, great. She takes it. She runs off. That's when they say, go to the authorities, check in with them. Uh, that's what you're supposed to do in this situation. So she says, huh, maybe that's good advice. So, so she goes out in the rain to the to look for, to, meet the detective and goes into the office here. And she says, yeah, I realize this is wild, but uh, let's try this. Uh, there's a big old house, been empty for years. Wester Drumlin's, I had it right, out by the estate. Uh, you see, and then the guy goes. I got a detective. Hold on, uh, we're looking into that. Not really, though, because the guy you got in charge of it's just a bit of a player playing around. Then she looks at the angels, and so we get a sense of like something else is at play here. Not, you know, not these aren't the angels you're looking for. Or something Luke might say. We zoom way in on her eyes. She's got hazel eyes, I think. I don't know. Does she have hazel eyes? And then she looks out again in the rain, and they're gone after blinking, which is true because they're there. So I guess that's how they go undercover. And then, no, now they're outside of the, oh, so those are the same angels. Okay. So they moved closer to where she is. They've been following her. Now, this detective is smooth, man, handsome. Uh, He says, hello. Uh, Never mind, I could give you my time. He does have a sparrow patch on, it looks like. She smiles, they go, he says, look at all these cars and this police box, you know, all of them left here, uh, so strange, even like uh, coffee, motor running, two and a half years this has been going on, all at the Wester Drumlin house, and uh, this police box, windows are in the wrong place, a little bit, the phone's in the wrong place or something, uh, and we can't get it open. Thought it was a joke, really. She's like, what is this? He goes, Oh, I used to use it, you know, it used to be a way to check in. Uh I used to have them all over, but this isn't real. Phone doesn't work, windows are wrong size, can't open it. So but that's not the big question. He says so he goes, Yeah, why don't we go on a date uh right now? She's like, like uh ridiculous right ridiculous uh he's got a really nice jacket on and a sweater No, the sweater actually is nice but it's not as nice as the jacket and uh he's charming i mean i said uh i mean he's very direct and inappropriately direct at work but uh, and this is "Well, i'm not working i took the day off uh shipton So that's when she's like, uh, accidentally says, Sally Shipton. Uh, And she goes, just my phone number, not a guarantee, not an IOU, just a phone number. And it's Sally, Sally Shipton, I mean, Sally Sparrow. He goes, oh, wait a second. Uh, And then she goes off, she said, he goes, I'm going to call you, uh, phone you tomorrow and i guess she does say i'm definitely gonna okay you better call me he goes yeah and then he goes and the angels are around the box now four one two three four he goes huh what the heck uh, and they're touching the door because now they have the box but sally has the key so they actually missed they're just a, a few seconds too late i guess uh so let's see, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they don't realize that they had the key they needed. I don't know. But they, they like, uh, he's like with the angels. He ends up walking up to one of them, too close, covered eyes. Are the eyes covered? Yeah, he's staring at it. Uh, like, how did these angels get here in the last five minutes? Uh, and then we zoom on his eyes, he blinks, and uh, obviously, he gets the angel touch. Uh, now, right as he gets the angel touch, we go back to Sally, who realizes Yale lock uh, that they can't open. I have a key to a Yale lock. Uh, and I think they do that through memory voice, you know, re- like redoing the dialogue. Let's see, she's running in the rain. She gets across the street. She pauses, pulls the key out. Ordinary, yeah, and then ordinary Yale yell yell lock, nothing fits. Well, let's see, where were we? Oh, Sally and the police box coming into the rain, in from the rain. Uh, good, good rain. She comes into the basement. Uh, she looks around. No police box, though. No angels. No nothing. But she, oh, there's a wind and a broken door. And then we see the detective. He's uh, against a slimy wall or algic wall. Doctors there. Welcome. And Martha, 1969, moon landing's brilliant. We've seen it four times. Martha says, doctor's got this thing, but Jake, back when we had transport, working on it. Touch of an angel. Get some backstory in here. Don't get up, uh, time travel without a capsule. Maybe, you know, don't go swimming either. Uh, Weeping angels, the doctor talks about. Uh, they Instead, they send you into the past. Uh, and, uh, you know, then they take away your energy somehow you're gone from the present. So they get the, the rest of your days, all your stolen moments. Oh boy. fears has got mine. Creatures of the abstract, they love potential energy. Might have one living in me. Trust me. And Martha says, uh, here's the timey wimey detector it has a wish you were here. Uh, postcard. It's different. I thought it was a different, uh, Thought it was the same as the sticker. Whether or not you want to actually, oh, uh, can cook an egg. And this dude's like, he's like, wait, 1969, Martha said. Uh, somebody nicked our motor, so we can't give you a ride. We need you to take a message to Sally Sparrow. Good news. Bad news, Billy. You're here. You know, there's not, uh, it's going to take you a while. Uh, Sally's phone rings. Really, again, the, so many, like, emotional depth to this, Billy. They come by and see me, she says. This is only, like, the midpoint. Uh, let's see what we got in here. Box Blue, Sally and Rain, Box is Gone. Billy Wall, Green, 1969, Four Times, Moon Landing, Touch of an Angel, Potential Energy, Troy Worried, Rector, Boyleg, 30 Paces, Nicked My Motor, Sally Sparrow, will take a while billy calls sally to the room bed he's in his pj sleep and he wakes up raining when we met too same rain sally says uh rating man and there's rain going down the window he says yeah wow he's staring then there's wedding picture she's looking at it her name was sally too Sally Shipton, a little jokey-poo, or, you know, a callback. They shake their heads. Uh, I thought about looking for you before tonight, but uh, apparently it would have t- ripped a hole in space and time, and uh, two-thirds of the universe would have not been great for it. Uh, also, I lost my hair. She smiles at that joke. Two-thirds of the universe, Where'd you get for Well, in 1969, I got a message for you from somebody. Who? Ooh. The doctor, oh boy, what's the message? Just this. Look at the list. Uh, Turn hole, time hole, 17, you'd have 17 DVDs, uh, publishing videos, DVDs. That was my job. She pulls out the list. Uh, Yeah, I didn't stay as a detective when I moved to, I went to publishing, then video publishing, then DVD publishing. Have in common, he said you would. Put the Easter egg on, he laughs. Uh, understand, now only tonight, one last night. Billy, look forward to it. Uh, suppose it's hard for you in a way. How could the doctor have known it have a list? I'll stay with you till the rain stops. It could be a song. I mean, it probably is. You said you'd understand it, but uh, that I never would. Sally, list, window, oboe. Oh, yeah, so after he takes his trip to another dimension, uh, she looks out the window, listens to, you know, there's oboe music playing, but it becomes action investigation music. Uh, Calls, banks, they are mere Easter eggs for me. Meet me, Wester Drumlin's uh, Scooby-Doo's house. I don't live here. Doctor sits glasses on. The doctor, yep, that's me. Same sticker as the time you want me? No, it's actually not. Martha has a job in a shop. 38 years. How is that possible? I'm clever. Don't patronize me, Sally, says Doctor. My auto cue for the future. Lawrence does shorthand. So angels have the phone box. Uh, Statues from another world. Old as the universe. Quantum locked. Uh, when seen, that's why they cover their eyes. Uh, They can never be seen. Oh, I know that feeling. Up to now. Send it back to me. That's the last they are. Crying. Don't blink fast. Don't blink. Good luck. Each something. No, don't rewind or remind. What good. Strobe action. Just on three more. Don't split up. Front door. Stay Lorne, door locked, I gotta dry. She's calling him right now in the live episode. DVDs, they're the ones, the one thing they have in common is me. They're all the DVDs I own. I'd like to see that list of what Sally Sparrow was into in 2007. Uh, I want you to meet me at Wester Drumlin's. Uh, One light bulb downstairs, Larry, close, sweet basement. Scooby-Doo house. He goes. What do you live in, Scooby-Doo house? She goes. I don't live here. You're, you're ridiculous, buddy. Sets up. Uh, this is the DVD that has the best sound, slightly better picture quality. I don't. Know, doesn't matter. Okay. So he just got. Uh, he gets ready. Doctor sits down, puts his glasses on. This is it. This is a live one. There he is. Uh, he's got his glasses. Sally sits down. The doctor. Who's a doctor? He's a doctor. Yep, that's me. Okay, that was weird. Sounds like he's replying. He always says that. Yes, I do. And that. Yep, and this. He can hear us. Oh my gosh, he can't hear us. Of course he can't hear us. Look, uh, I have the transcripts. Everything he says. Uh, wait, maybe that is the other sticker, might be the one. You're going to read that whole thing? Sorry. Who are you? Time traveler, 19. I'm stuck in 1969. We're stuck, Martha says, all space and time. He promised me now I got to get a job in a shop to support him. Sorry. Quite possibly seen it before. 1969, that's where, yeah, I'm afraid so. But you're replying to me. How do you know 40 years from now, what am I going to say? It's 38 years, actually. Now, that's when Lawrence starts writing it down, Larry. Not so fast. People don't understand time. Not what you think it is. Uh, What is it? Complicated. Tell me. I'm I'm clever. And I'm listening. Don't patronize me. Get to the point. I'm not happy about the situation. Okay, Time's strict progression, cause, effect. Nope. Actually, a nonlinear, non-suggestive viewpoint, big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Yeah. You said that sentence got away from you. It did get away from me. Yeah. Okay. Now you're going to say, well, I can hear you. Well, I can hear you. It's impossible. And then Lawrence is like, holy moly. Well, not hear you, but I know everything you're going to say. Why? Look to your left. Uh, Lawrence is taking it down. He's on the left. Yeah, Lawrence, I think it's a political statement. He means you. What are you doing? Writing shorthand? She's like, "Oh boy!" And the you know the oracle said I'd fall in love with a man who can write shorthand. He goes, "Wait till this—the uh, Easter egg forums." Uh. He goes, "Yeah, I got the transcript here with me somehow, still being written." I'm time time traveler though. Oh, wait. Let me get my head around this. So you're reading a lot from a transcript, you know, wibbly-wobbly, time- timey-wimey stuff. Uh, this is when she says, wait a second, you can do shorthand? Oh, boy, didn't think that would make my back sweat, but it does. Uh, and he goes, they got the blue box. Uh, the angels have the phone box, right? The angels have the phone box. That's Lawrence is like, uh, I got that T-shirt that says that uh, statue things. No, they're beings from another world. They're statues. No, just when you see them, because they're quantum locked. Uh, We covered that all. Uh, Let's see what else I got in my notes. Strobe action. Hurry up. Uh, Downstairs, one light bulb. Three more angels. You can't move. She has a sticker on her sweater, probably just a tag. uh, Pointing lights out. What is that, magic? Uh, How does it get the lights out? Uh, I guess maybe moving? I don't know. Inside TARDIS yeah they turn to stone when you look at them, so you can't you can't deal a stone, but as soon as you look away it can unbecome stone even when you blink, so don't take your eyes off of it that's when they don't that's why they cover their eyes in case they look at each other. they're one their greatest asset is their greatest curse, the loneliest creatures in the universe, but now we know, sorry, it's up to you now. It's the end of the transcript, so The blue box, it's my time machine. There's a vast energy in there. You know, they could use it uh, and turn off the sun or something. So you got to send it back to me. How? They would more block the sun, I think. Uh, Afraid that's all I got. Doctor, hologram, disc, gold, journey, DVD player, slots, angels. Rock the TARDIS. It pumps. Don't blink. Don't even blink, the doctor saying leaving us behind something, bank, uh, transport. Look at that, the look of it. He's tracked, the and tricked them into looking at each other. We'll never move again, question mark, one year later. So we get to that part. So now they're like, uh, are you looking at the statue? No, you're talking to me. Oh, boy, statue's there. Made a move, but now it's frozen. Larry, you keep looking at it. And don't blink. I mean, I would hold my eye open, I guess, uh, or one eye open, and then switch eyes maybe. I don't know what the strategy is. Not splitting up. Uh, moving where. I would definitely push him over, too. Just my personal thing. Remember what he said, don't blink. Don't worry, I'm nerve. You know, I got nerves. I'm going to the front door. He holds on to the light uh, chain. Okay. What? I'll just be around the corner. You stay here. She tries to open the door. Locked. Uh, locked in. Key. Uh, They they want a key that I have that goes to the box. Uh, give him the key then. Nah. I like Larry's uh, combination. He's got a jacket and a hoodie. He's got a maroon hoodie on. Good layering. Uh, What about the other angels, Sally? Or a good point, but he's like uh, they've well, we'll find out, I guess. Uh, he's good acting. He's starting to get nervous. He's got hair like mine a little bit. His is a little more layered. He turns the angels closer to him. Sally, uh, back door's locked. So it turns out the angels must have opposable thumbs when they're not frozen, because they can like uh, I'd assume nail nails and drive cars. If no one's looking, he's sweating now, backing up, smart move, backing up, Sally, hurry up. uh, And they can't go through doors, so I wonder how strong they are. She's like, let's go in the cellar, let's split up, and then we'll go in the cellar, because it's probably way out down there, like a delivery hatch, and probably not dark at all. And he says, great idea, coming. So they go down the stairs, one light bulb. It leads us down. Three of the angels are around the police box, but she has a, di- you know, they're separated, so she can see all three of them, so she's comfortable. Okay, I know how this works, uh Angelie poos. As long as I can see you, you can't do nothing. Lawrence comes down the stairs. Sally grabs a key out of her jeans. She's got a two-sweater sl- layer, like a sweater vest and then a long shirt. Maybe, uh, no, it's not a, um, she's, she's like, Who's watching the stairs? You, Lawrence, you watch the stairs. Come on. We could, we could figure out how to do this, but it would be difficult. Uh, why is it pointing at the light? Oh boy, it's using some sort of power to shut the light off. Uh, Angel Stone power or something. Quickly unlock the door. This is just like a movie. Lights are getting low get some good strobing as the angels get closer, as it blinks, you know, they're just there to get, you know, get, let them, you know, help them uh, practice, you know, their spiritual journeys to another, I guess, to the past. They get in the TARDIS, they lock the door, the angels are outside. And I guess you, yeah, once you close the TARDIS door, it's locked. Then the doctor says, you got one trip, you got a special disc, uh, detected the disk is glowing 712 security protocol protocol it's a lot of protocols there's a doctor hologram and put it in and it'll depart so it's coded actually to do exactly what they need to do i guess the dvd which is cool too so maybe she writes that in her future notes Uh, but the angels are rocking the box while they're in it trying to get the dvd and it goes in and then they realize that uh, they're not the, the tARDIS is traveling back in time without them a lot of work for the doctor he's patient man i guess if you're in timey wimey stuff you why wouldn't you be she goes i can't believe you're leaving us behind without the tARDIS so the tARDIS dematerializes and the angels you know start to materialize cuz they're right outside and you know they're uh, but they're looking at the angels so they're frozen But then we realize the angels are looking at one another. Lawrence realizes it, I think. And uh, they're frozen forever, I put. But is it really? Then one year later, books and DVD store, I think. uh, We'll see when it comes up. She has all of the letters and all the old stuff, like her whole case file for this thing. Golfing in the way of oh, then Lawrence says I got to go get some milk. Don't you? Oh, you're still holding on that stuff with the doctor. Don't you think it's getting in the way of other things? This really burned me. I mean, in a good way, because either he's in love with her apparently, and they run a shop together, but it's like, uh, and he says, don't you think it's getting in the way of other things? She goes, we just run a shop together. and I said, man, a lot of times I've heard that in my head or in person. uh that's about it, just to shop. That's all it is, just to shop, huh? Heartbroken, that's what I put. Yes, yeah, so they sell journals and other stuff. Uh, and the store's cleaner and nicer. And uh, she stares as he goes out for milk. And then we see the doctor and Rose uh, with a bow and arrow. Martha's got a quiver. Bow. The doctor's got a bow. Martha's got a quiver of arrows, a large one. You got it all from me. 1969. You'll need it. Uh, well, well. Sally Sparrow. Lawrence and the doctor. Look for look. Uh, takes his hand. Milk and love and music. Uh, Sparrow and Nightingale. And then we have an anti-angel sequence. Or anti-statue sequence. Close. Other things, huh? She looks down. She goes, We just run a shop together. That's all it is. Just a shop. Oof! One year, one year's is like, it's uh, a long time to run a shop with someone you're in love with. She's got beautiful dimples. Uh, but I mean, I'm not one to talk. I'd, I, could, I, could, if, yeah, I could have a crush on somebody for longer than a year. We see there's records and books. Oh, Dr. and Martha get out of a cab. And they're going after something that's getting ready to multiply. We'll read some of the dialogue here. Sorry, I'm in a bit of a rush. She runs up to the doctor. Something's happening, important. Martha's like, doctor, we got to get moving. She goes, it's really you in person, IRL. You don't remember me, though. Oh, because you're a time traveler, migration, Martha says. Yeah, and he goes, it's complex. Uh, Things don't happen to me in the same order. Confusing even at weddings, uh, especially at my own. Oh, yeah, you're a time traveler hasn't happened to you still in your future martha's like yo we gotta go 20 minutes uh she goes oh it's me all along that gave you all the info to get you out of it uh not your own wit it was my help uh one day you'll get stuck in 1969 you're gonna need this stuff uh for reals uh okay gotta dash uh four things and uh something else gotta deal with it uh okay go on see you around someday. What's your name? Sparrow. Sally Sparrow. Soon to be maybe Sally Nightingale Sparrow or Sparrow Nightingale. The doctor sees Lawrence. Lawrence's got a thing of milk. She stares at Lawrence, takes his hand. And I said, There's hope even for me. Goodbye, doctor. She takes his hand. They return to the shop. Doctor gives a look of what he's happy for him they hold arms antiquarian antiquarian books and rare dvds sparrow and nightingale and then we have this interesting <laughs> sequence uh starts at, it just uh it's about 45 seconds of uh should you trust any statue not of any kind children symbols uh, well anything anthropomorphized uh so that's the thing it, if you're you know taking if you're a fundamentalist watching doctor who You took everything as, like, canon for how you would live your life. You'd be so—that's how I I let TV raise me as a child. Luckily, I didn't see Doctor Who. And that ends with a close-up on his eyes. And the doctor says, don't worry. It's just fiction. You don't have to worry. Statues are only there. Like the song, someone to watch over you and blow you kisses. An angel, a real angel that cares and wants you to rest so well, to snuggle into your bed and get comfortable. Good night.